Good morning, church family. It's so good to be together. Thanks so much for tuning in. I am looking forward to hearing what God is doing in our lives and through our church family over these next few weeks. Uh, just really excited to hear your stories of how God is meeting you, encountering you, and meeting our friends and families and neighbors. It's so exciting. Well, this morning, I wanted to uh, share a message with you from the Bible, and the message is titled, Don't Be Like Cleopas, all right? So turn to your friend or your family member and tell them, don't be like Cleopas. Now, you're probably not going to know who Cleopas is, and that's okay. We're going to dive into that a little bit, but it's going to come in the second half of the message, so stay tuned because we will get there. But as I was thinking about today, as I was preparing for today, I was thinking, wow, we are really living in unprecedented times. Uh, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that we would have been confined to our homes, that we couldn't leave, that the stock market would dip, and that people would be concerned about their futures, uh, I don't know how I would have responded. Uh, if you had told me to buy stock in Lysol and maybe stock up on toilet paper, I may have listened to you. Uh, but really, our, it seems like our society, they're, like people are just very unsure of where we're going to be. People feel like, how how has coronavirus going, how's it going to affect my health? How's it going to affect my family? How's it going to affect our economy? And how is it going to affect my future? How is this going to change our world? And whenever we're faced with an unprecedented situation, whenever we're faced with uh, real suffering, real stories of people who are dying, people who have lost everything, people who are struggling to make ends meet, we begin to question, God, where are you? God, I, I know you care, but do you really care? God, what, what is going on? And so I just wanted to share with you a few things that have brought me great comfort and joy during this time and has actually helped me, especially in the areas where I have felt anxious, where I have felt nervous, where I have felt afraid of what the future and what the unknown may hold. Uh, some of the verses and concepts I'm about to share with you are the things that have really just gone deep in my heart and gone deep in my life. And I pray they do the same for you. So Lord, would you come? Would you transform our hearts? Would you transform our minds? Would you take us deeper into what you have for us? And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come and lead us. Come and guide us. We love you. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus 2. Uh, Exodus 2, we, are, we see that the Israelites are living in Egypt, and we see that Pharaoh, the king, has come to power. A new Pharaoh has come to power, and he has made slaves of the Israelites. He has uh, ordered that all the baby boys born to the Israelites be killed, be thrown in the Nile. He has taken the men away and he is forcing them to make bricks from straw. He is forcing them to build his empire. And the people are groaning. The people are crying out. The people of God, God's chosen people, are saying, God, don't you see us? God, don't you care? God, where are you in the midst of this? God. And Exodus 2 says this. Exodus 2.23 during those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. 
And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God sees, and God knows. And now God is about to do something for the people of Israel. And in Exodus 3, we begin to see that Moses is the one whom God chooses. But the cry of the people have ascended to God. And so if that's you, if you're in the middle of a painful situation, if you're in the middle of sorrow, if you're in the middle of uh, or a difficult family situation, maybe you're struggling because you're separated from your family. Maybe you're struggling because you're stuck with your family. Maybe you're struggling because of a job loss. Maybe you're struggling because of a loved one. I, I, I don't know. But the first thing that you can do is you can cry out to the Lord and he will hear you. He hears you and he sees you. And God then speaks to Moses and he calls him from this burning bush and he speaks to him and he says, Exodus 3 verse 7, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God sees, God hears, and God is ready to do something about it. God is ready to intervene on behalf of his people. And as I've read this, I've been reading this, uh, these verses for years now. But as I was reading this recently, what really stuck out to me, there was one word that stuck out to me. And in verse 7, as God is replying, he says this, I have surely seen, surely, I have absolutely seen. I ha- It is without doubt that I have seen their pain. It is without doubt that I have seen their suffering. Surely I have seen them. Surely I have not closed my eyes. Surely I am aware of what they're going through. And as I read this, all I could think of was Isaiah 53, where Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus coming. And Isaiah, in Isaiah 53 verse 4, says this about Jesus. He says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely, surely God is so concerned about the pain and the sorrow and the suffering that we are going through that he is willing to take it upon himself. Surely God is so concerned with the state of humanity that he is willing to carry it for us. And in the areas where you are weak, Jesus came to carry you. In the areas where you have felt out of your depth, Jesus came to to bring you his depth. In the areas where you have felt in over your head, Jesus came to bear that with you. And that is why one of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. Not God who's far off, not God who's distant, not God who doesn't know us, but God who is so close and so personal and so loving and so gentle with us. And there's no other religion, there's no other God anywhere in all of history like this who will come and be with his people through trial, through pain, through hardship, through difficulty. And so if that's you, If you're in the middle 
of a really difficult situation right now, Jesus is with you. You may not see him, you may not hear him, it may be really hard, you may be saying, God, where are you? But he is with you because he is Emmanuel, God with us. God who is so concerned about our situation that he came and became fully, and being fully God, he became fully man and took our pain and shame upon himself that he might bring us into joy and hope and peace. And this is the great divine exchange. This is what Jesus has come to do. He has come to exchange your old life for his new life. He has come to exchange your death for his life. He's come to take pain, sickness, sorrow, and bring life to us, joy to us, hope to us, strength to us. So you can go to him. And it's, and we're not saying that situations are going to turn around like that. But what we're saying is that he will bring you. Is that even though situations may be difficult, there will be a day when you can turn back and see the goodness of the Lord that has been faithful to you and your family through that time. Because he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And so this is Jesus. This is Jesus who has come to deliver us and come to carry us to himself. And if you have never before given your life to Jesus, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that. Would you pray this with me? Jesus, I give up. Jesus, I'm, I'm going to st- I stop trying to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Jesus, would you come and would you be my Lord? Would you be my Savior? Would you come and deliver me from pain and from sickness and from shame? And would you bring me into your family? And would you turn my sorrow into joy and my ashes into beauty? Jesus, would you come into my life with your life and transform me? And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you prayed that prayer and you've walked away from Jesus, but you meant it, I want to welcome you into the family of God. And I want to invite you, please go onto our website and contact us. Let us know of your decision. We would love to have someone contact you, pray with you, and connect with you a little bit. This is the life, this is the promise that Jesus offers to to every single one of us. He promises to walk with us through pain and sorrow and suffering. And now on to Cleopas. Turn to Luke 24. See, Cleopas was a disciple. Cleopas was one who uh, walked with Jesus. Cleopas was one who had put his hope in Jesus. And Cleopas, uh, where the story picks up in Luke 24, Cleopas is on his way to a city called Emmaus. And he's walking with his friend. And all of a sudden, Jesus, Jesus who has just been crucified, Jesus who has just been resurrected, even though Cleopas doesn't know it yet, Jesus appears. And so we're going to pick the story up in Luke 24, verse 15. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. 
And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. See, Cleopas had this hope that Jesus was the one coming to save Israel. Cleopas had thought that Jesus was the one to come, but he thought that Jesus had come to save Israel from the rule of Rome. Cleopas didn't realize that Jesus had come to save humanity from the rule of sin. And so he missed him. He missed what he was doing. And actually, as we looked at the passage, it says this. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So the Holy Spirit blinded their eyes so they didn't realize that it was Jesus they were talking to. Even though he was with them in the midst of their sorrow and their pain. Even though he was in the midst of them processing their grief, they didn't recognize him because they were expecting him to come as a political ruler and not the king of hearts. And oh, how easy it is for us to miss him. Maybe you've been in your kitchen, maybe you've been in your backyard, maybe you've been in your car, and maybe you've been saying, God, where are you? God, don't you care? God, don't you see? God, why haven't you changed my circuit? God, why haven't you shown up? And maybe you're missing him. Because the way that he is coming to you is very different than the way you are expecting him to come to you. See, in the moment that Cleopas, their eyes were open, they realized that, um, they realized that Uh, Jesus was who he said he was, they realized, they looked back and they said, wow, our hearts were burning within us while he spoke to us. Uh And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would burn in our hearts, that the very flame of God would burn in our hearts during this time. That we would not miss the good God who is with us, who is calling us to himself but that we would encounter him over and over again. I bless you to encounter the Lord as you wake up. I bless you to know his presence, even when you're feeling frustrated with your kids, even when you're frustrated with your family, even when you're in the midst of in the midst of wondering about your future. I bless you to encounter the living God and have your heart be set on fire for him. Because from there, they went and they told the disciples. From there, they went and they told others about Jesus. And this is what we see. We see that this is the pattern of the Bible. That the God that we love and the God that we serve is a mission God. He's a sending God. God the Father sends the Son. God the Son sends the Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit sends His church. And church, my prayer for us is that as restrictions start to lift, that we would be sent to our neighborhoods. We'd be sent to our workplaces. 
We'd be sent across the street. We'd be sent to our friends and to our family. We'd be sent, we'd be sent to our coworkers. We'd be sent to our classmates. We would be sent to them and we would say, do you know the goodness of God? Do you know the love of Jesus? Do you know the hope that he has given to us? And as a result, your hope will be in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And no matter what happens around you, you cannot be shaken because you will be rooted in an eternal kingdom. And if you're interested, if you would like to learn a little bit more how to do that, I'd invite you to join me Thursday, May 14th. We're going to host a webinar on how you can easily point people to Jesus, how you can easily reach people and share words of life with them. But my prayer is that as we come out of this, that you would so know and be so rooted and so grounded in the goodness and the love of Jesus, that you would just explode with his love, that you would just explode with his goodness. You would explode with hope and explode with joy over, and you would share Jesus and his goodness with your friends and your neighbors and your family. And so the message of Jesus is that he is the God who suffers with us. And so even though some of us were going through hard situations and trying times, we can weep and we can, we can uh, grieve and we can sorrow, but we do not do it without the hope that Jesus is with us and that his goodness is going to carry us through. But then we can then turn around and give that hope away. And give that love away. And give that life away. And so touch the triangle. And so touch our state. And so touch our cities. That this entire region begins to know the love of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, I ask that you would be made famous during these times. Jesus, I ask that you would draw all people unto yourself. Jesus, I ask that you would be even more famous. And even more on the lips of everyone than even coronavirus. And Jesus, I ask that your presence would be so real and so tangible to us. I ask, God, that you would come and that you would flood our homes and flood our families and that you would draw us closer to yourself and that your goodness would carry us through. And we love you, Jesus, and we ask that you would anoint us that you would anoint us with power and you would anoint us with strength and you would anoint us with wisdom. And that we'd be able to share your light, your life, and your kingdom with everyone that we meet. We bless you, church family, in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Lots of love to you. Enjoy connecting in your connect groups. Enjoy spending time on the phone or on FaceTime with each other and with your families. But we love you. And if we can serve you in any way, please let us know. Lots of love to you. Bye now.